Good morning, church. Good to see all of you on this beautiful, bright, sunshiny Sunday morning. Trust that uh, you are happy in the Lord this morning. We have been going through the books of John and Acts in our Summer in the Scriptures series. I hope you have had a chance to be a part of the Summer in the Scriptures, uh, our small group meetings once a week. Um, been going on for several weeks now. I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's been fun. I've had a chance to sit and get to know some folks that uh, I knew by face or name, but didn't really know. And uh, so we've had a chance to interact with folks, and uh, it's been fun. And we've learned a little bit about the scriptures and each other. So that's been good. I think we've got one more or two more. Two, uh, two, one. I know one group told me they had two. I don't know. They're behind or something. But uh, the other group, uh, they have at least. We have at least one more uh, this week, and uh, you can still be a part of that. That would be a good thing if you did that. So uh, <clears throat> join with us in that. Um, this week we are in Acts chapter 20 through 24, and the sermon today is based on the passage of Scripture found in Acts chapter 20, and particularly Acts chapter 20, verses 18 through um, 35. I'm not going to read all of that. Uh, I've already been told that I went too long in the last service, so I'm just going um... <laughs> to... Not, not by me. <laughs> all right. I uh, just want to give you a little bit of background here this morning. Um, the Apostle Paul has been teaching and preaching in the provinces of Rome. Uh, he's been all over the area of the Mediterranean, and um, he has uh, spent a, lot, a number of years there, actually. And now he, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, is ready to go to Jerusalem. Uh, he says, I've got to go. I don't know why I'm going. I don't have a good feeling about it. The Holy Spirit is telling me that nothing good is going to happen in Jerusalem, but I have to go. And that's the way Paul was. When uh, the Holy Spirit spoke, he went. And uh, that's what he was doing. He was on his way to Jerusalem. Uh, he had been trying to make it there for the Passover feast so that he could celebrate there uh, that reminder of God's deliverance. Uh, but he didn't make it. So now he wants wants to hurry on and be there at Pentecost, which is the birthday of the church when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the 120 believers gathered there in the upper room following the uh, resurrection of Jesus in his ascension to heaven. And he wants to go there and be with them. And, and But as he's leaving Ephesus, he has to drive, well, he didn't drive, <laughs> you know, uh, he went by boat. He had to go right by the home of the Ephesians. And that was where he had spent the majority of his time, about three years, we're told, with the Ephesian church. And as he was getting ready to head to Jerusalem, he said, you know, I've got to stop in and see them. This might be the last time I ever get to see them, and I have got to stop and see them. But I think all of us have friends like the Ephesians. They're the people when you go to their house, you can't ever get away. You know, oh, have one more cookie. Let me tell you one more story. Let It goes on and on and the hours drag out and you just never get away. That's the way Paul felt about the Ephesians. He loved them, he wanted to be with them, he wanted to talk with them, but he knew if he went to where they were, he'd never get away. And he'd miss his chance to be in Jerusalem by Pentecost. So he kind of bypassed them and went down to Miletus. He said, hey guys, I really want to see you. Why don't you come meet me at the restaurant? 
That's how you, that's how you get around. Yeah, you know that. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> he had them come down from Ephesus to the place where he was at at Miletus. And uh, he met with them there. And that's where we pick up the story. Paul begins to speak to the leaders of the church at Ephesus uh, there on... Uh, I believe he may have met them on the beach. I'm not absolutely certain I remember that part. But he began to tell them a little bit about and remind them about what he had done while he was with them. And he'd been with them for three years, so he'd done quite a bit. And he says in uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 18, he says, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia. He says, You know, you, y'all have, can I say that? Can I say y'all? You understand what I mean? Okay. Sometimes I forget where I am. Um, He says, y'all know how I lived. I was right there among you. He says, I spent time with you. I was in your houses. I was with you at work. I went out fishing with you. He says, I live with you. You know me. And who knows us better than the people we spend the most time with? And I can tell you right now, I think my wife knows me better than anybody else in the world. Because she spent the most time with me. She knows how I'm going to react. She knows what I'm going to say. She knows what I'm going to do. Most of the time, anyway. And, uh, you know, she just knows me. And uh, some of the rest of you know me a little bit, but not like she does, because I live with her. And she sees me when I'm good, when I'm not so good. She sees me when I'm up and when I'm down. And so she knows me. And that's what Paul is telling the Ephesians. He says, you guys know me. You know who I am. You know what I've done. You know how I behaved. You know how I treated you while I was with you. He says, you know I love you. And you know that I want the best for you. And he says, while I was among you, in verse 19, he says, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing in the plots of my Jewish opponents. Paul often referred to himself as a servant. And a servant is one who works at the pleasure of their master. Doesn't really get a say in what needs to be done or when it needs to be done or even really sometimes how it's to be done. But Paul said, I am serving at the Lord's pleasure. He says, when I was here among you, it was because God had sent me to you. And God had a certain task that he wanted me to to do while I was here among you. And he says, you know that I went about that task and did all of the things that God asked me to do, even despite the, uh, the opposition from the Jewish leaders. And uh, many of the Jews opposed Paul because they said, you're, you're taking people away from, from the customs of, of the Jewish people. You're telling people that they don't have to go to the temple. They're telling people that they don't have to sacrifice. He said, Paul, you're, you're, you're ruining the Jewish religion. And so they opposed him and, and, and wanted to, to get rid of him. And then the Gentiles in Ephesus were upset with him because uh, while Paul preached and taught there, and so many people came to know about Jesus Christ and began to follow him, that they stopped following the old gods. Uh, in, in Ephesus, I believe the god or goddess was Artemis. And uh, the temple... Uh, there weren't as many people in temple anymore, and uh, their silversmiths were losing business because nobody was buying the little idols of Artemis. And so they opposed Paul. In fact, they started a riot, and that was the, one of the reasons Paul had to leave Ephesus at one time. He says, you know that I worked really hard in spite of all the things that were going on. And he said that in verse 20, he says, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. 
How many of you know that it's tough to tell people the truth? Yeah. Paul says, I haven't hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful for you. Things that are for your good. Things that will improve you. Things that will draw you closer to to life. Paul told people the truth. He wasn't one really to mince words. You can read through some of his letters and you can see that. And in some places he, he mentions some of the comments that were made about how harsh he was uh, when he was in person uh, or by letter. Uh, but he told them the truth simply because he wanted them to know what was good for them. He wanted them to know what God expected of them. And he didn't hesitate to tell them the truth every chance he got. So... He's lived among them, he's preached among them, he's taught, and he says, I have declared to both the Jews and the Gentiles that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Everybody got to hear from Paul. If he had an audience, he was talking, and he was talking about Jesus. And everyone who heard Paul got to hear the good news that God loved them, God had provided a Savior, and that Savior would forgive their sins. Paul was busy doing what God had called him to do. In verse 27, Paul says, I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Part of the will of God for each of us is our salvation. What does it say? He is not willing that any should die. It's the will of God that you and I and all of our neighbors are saved, that we come under the blood of Christ and have our sins washed away. That's God's will. John chapter 20, verse 31, John says, I wrote all these things down so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, wrote, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That was the message of Paul. But you know, Paul said, I've not hesitated to declare anything to you that would be helpful to you. And so he goes on and he says, salvation is the start of our life in God. But God wants us to go on towards holiness. The Bible says that we need holiness for without holiness... No man shall see the Lord. To be holy means to be entirely morally pure all the time and in every way possible. I don't even need my wife to tell you that I fail at that. I can tell you that. There's no way that I am holy as God is holy. But with God's help, with the Holy Spirit, I'm trying. Paul tells us that it is for us to move on, to become more and more like Jesus, to become more and more like God, to be holy like God is. Holiness has been a part of the message of the Methodist movement since the days of John Wesley. And the Global Methodist Church says it this way in their, their, book of, their transitional book of discipline. I can say those words. Entire sanctification is a state of perfect love, righteousness, and true holiness which every regenerate believer may obtain by being delivered from the power of sin, by loving God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, and by loving one's neighbor as oneself. 
They go on to say a little bit later, we believe that followers of God have been called to exercise self-control and holiness in their personal lives, generosity and kindness in their relations with others, and grace in all matters of life. Paul said, I have not hesitated to declare what's good for you. I have not hesitated to proclaim the whole will of God. And the will of God is for us to be saved and to become holy. And that's a requirement for us according to the Scriptures. It's Hebrews twelve fourteen that I mentioned a minute ago. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Paul also reminded them that uh, in verse 31, he says, Remember that for three years I have never stopped warning each of you about uh, each of you night and day with tears. Paul so loved the Ephesians and was so concerned for their well-being and their, their souls that it brought him to tears. And he warned them about the dangers of sin and the perils of temptation over and over again during his years with them. And he said, when I've been here, I didn't come and do these things because I thought I'd get rich. He said, I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. See, Paul was only there to be a blessing. He wasn't there to get rich. And he said in in verse 34, he says, You know yourselves that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs, the needs and the needs of my companions. He says, I've relied on the Lord. He says, I used the strength and the energy that he provided to make sure that I could eat and that my companions were taken care of. Paul was what was called a bivocational minister. And that simply means that Paul had, and, and I... He's behind me now, so I can say it, and he won't laugh at me. You can throw things at me. (laughs) Paul was one of those pastors who had a real job and pastored on the side, or pastored on the side and had a real job. Um, I walked in that world for a long time. Um, People had asked me, you know, why I did this, and I said, it's because I like to eat. And uh, that was what Paul was doing. He used his energy that God had given him. To provide for himself. He didn't want to be a burden to the people. He didn't want to drag them down or or give them any reason to demean his ministry. Uh, He said, you know that. You know that about me. I'm here. I've worked. I've worked hard to do these things to proclaim to you the full will of God. And in everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself who said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Paul spent three years in Ephesus setting a great example. He modeled Jesus for them. All those three years as he worked hard to proclaim the good news, to proclaim the whole will of God. And you've got to ask yourself, why? Why did he do all of that? And he tells us in this chapter in Acts as he speaks to the Ephesians, he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul had a divine task to fulfill. He knew that he had been put there by God to do a task. And he was going to do it. That's why he did all the things he did. He wasn't going to miss out on the thrill of completing the task. And his task was to testify to the good news of God's grace. The wonderful, marvelous, never-ending grace of God. The word in Greek, kairos, that is translated as grace most often, uh, signifies favor, goodwill, and loving kindness. 
especially is granted by a superior to an inferior. It is God, Almighty God, reaching out in favor to us. Grace in Christian theology is the spontaneous, unmerited favor, a divine favor in the salvation of sinners. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, Paul tells us to see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Or another translation says, make sure that no one misses out on the grace of God. Paul was busy about the task that God had set him. The task of telling about the good news. The grace of God. And now he's telling the Ephesians, look, I'm going away. You will probably will never see me again. Here's your job while I'm gone. You are to spread the message of salvation and holiness and the grace of God. And each of us have a part to play in letting the world know about the grace of God as well. As we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, I want to invite you to do three things. First of all, I want you to remember the grace that took Christ to the cross was simply because God loved us enough to send His Son, and His Son loved us enough to die, that we have the privilege of salvation today. I want you to remember that this morning as we share in communion. And then I want you to remember those who brought the gospel to you. The people who gave of their time and their energy and their talent to make sure that you knew about the grace of God. And then one more thing I want you to think about this morning. So I want you to think about those in your world who need to hear the gospel. Don't think about people on the other side of the world. Don't think about people in some other place. Think about the people in your world. Who lives in your neighborhood? Who lives in your city? Who in your world needs to hear the gospel? We've been called by Christ to share the good news, just like Paul. And he worked so hard at it. Let's work hard at making sure that our friends, our neighbors, hear the good news of Jesus. As Paul got ready to board the ship to leave, he said these words over the Ephesians, and I say them to you. Now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified.